Welcome to the Grace South Bay Church Podcast. I'm Matt Cabot, your host and elder at Grace South Bay. Each week we have a Q&A conversation with our pastors about their sermons. We talk theology and we get into the Bible. And we discuss how to live out our faith as Christians in Silicon Valley and beyond. Today we conclude our conversation on our sermon series from the Lord's Prayer. In a sermon titled Thine, Pastor Stephen looks at what we mean when we say, Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. We're discussing the end of the Lord's Prayer today as we dive into Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Glad you're with us. Let's dig in. So Stephen, we now come to the end of the Lord's Prayer, and you started your sermon by saying that this part of the Lord's Prayer was actually not part of what Jesus taught his disciples to pray. So why do we have it now, and why do we believe it is authentic? Sure. I mean, this is a pretty commonly misunderstood portion of the Lord's Prayer, because most of our English translations have the ending, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen, or whatever translation you grew up memorizing. Um, it, most of the English translations have it in there. But when mm-hmm. we go back and look at the original documents, the most um, reliable, earliest documents don't have the ending. It just, uh, the the words of Jesus in the prayer form end with, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And mm. then he has another part of the teaching as it continues in Matthew chapter 6. And so, um, you know, if we look at the, the earliest whole uh, collections of the New Testament, and we're talking mm. Codex Sinaiticus, Codex Vaticanus, which is early, th- early uh, 300s, early 4th mm-hmm. century, uh, they do not have the the last phrase, um, hmm. which is understandable uh, in the sense that everything from the original time period is probably similar. And hmm. then, as you move on through the um, the the dating, what we see is that the the ending is added, um, and that's surprising. Uh, but we also have other non. Uh, biblical documentation that has mm. the ending in it. So I, I mentioned in my sermon, there's a particular uh, document called the Didache, which we mm-hmm. believe uh, was widely used in the early 200s uh, to uh, help people uh, operate church, right? Almost like a, a very, very thick church bulletin. Here's how you should do church, you know, <laughs> if you're going to have yeah. church. And in in the Didache, we see the Lord's Prayer being used as a common weekly part of worship, and they've added uh, the the ending, a a similar ending. Um, And so Mm -hmm. most likely uh, what we see is that there were uh, believers following Jesus's teaching and example and praying this prayer, and they get to the end, and it's like, what do we do now? What what do we say now? Lead us not into temptation. Right. Where do we go? And so most likely what's happened is we've seen a an actual practical prayer uh, that mm-hmm. people have chosen to wrap up with this as I, um, you know, talked about the ending as a particular element, uh, then it being applied to the English translations just because this is what everybody was doing anyway. And so mm. it's kind of snuck its way in. However, the ESV, the, the translation we use most often... Um, has has completely taken that part out of the teaching portion because most mm-hmm. likely Jesus didn't say that. That was a really long explanation for your question. 
No, that's that's important to know. But in that we have it in there, though, as a bracketed, right? Isn't it in, in the ESV or not? So the ESV doesn't have it. It in does there at not all. have it in the ESV, but there's a footnote okay. that explains why. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so but the the words that that are said at the end uh, are not like brought out of thin air, right? You made Correct. a connection between what was said at the end of the prayer traditionally and uh, a portion of First Chronicles. So, so what is that? Sure. The, the wording of the, the, the ending of the Lord's Prayer is incredibly biblical, right? The themes mm-hmm. and the, the sentiment is definitely in line with what we see throughout Scripture. But specifically, we also see uh, King David praying almost these words uh, when mm-hmm. they are standing before the entire nation of Israel at the coronation of Solomon, right? As Solomon is taking over the throne from his father David, David uh, prays this, this is First Chronicles 29, Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory mm. and the victory and the majesty, for all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted mm. head above all. Those are all the things, right? All of the ending yeah. of the Lord's Prayer is connected there. And so perhaps, we, we don't know for sure, no one wrote down this is what, this is exactly what happened, but perhaps as the early Christians were, were trying to end the Lord's Prayer in a less awkward way, they mm-hmm. pulled particular phrasing from First Chronicles uh, in order to wrap the Lord's Prayer up. It's also, you know, that's completely assumed, guessed at. That's not stock. We don't know that that happened. But right, right. there is such a clear connection between what David says in praying to the Lord here in First Chronicles 29 and what we have all known to be the ending of the Lord's Prayer that it would make sense that there is some connection there. Right. That, that totally does make sense. And then when you hear those words, you think, oh, wow, that's, that's so close to the ending that we, that we right. use. Um, so you also called this part of the Lord's Prayer a dox- doxology. What is a doxology? Sure. And um, why is it called this? Yeah, so this, this uh, part, is, yeah, this, this part <laughs> is called a doxology because uh, doxa just means glory. Um, and and mm-hmm. uh, the doxology... Um, that we have all known um, is glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and forever shall be. Amen. I wasn't going to sing it for you because we do want people to listen and not turn this off. No, but that's I, I that's think that would have been a good song. I quote unquote, very good. The doxology. Yeah. But yes. we also uh, see that there are there are plenty of other places where God is given the glory in a succinct. Uh, easy to remember and repeat way, and and so that's what we see here, because this particular part of the Lord's Prayer, uh, there's no petition in it. God is not being Mm. requested of in it. There's nothing, there's no statements being made. It is simply a glorification of God to close everything out, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so Mm. that, because it is uh, also an amendment to the teaching of Jesus, so it kind of stands, uh, you know, aside from the rest of what he says. And because it all goes together, this is an added glorification of God to end everything, uh, a small mm-hmm. doxology. 
And isn't the the beginning of the Lord's Prayer uh, doxological also? I, I would say that 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 is one of yeah. the goals of Jesus in in teaching yeah. us the Lord's Prayer is that a part of prayer is powerfully to refocus our attention from ourselves and the world around us and the things that you know are either plaguing us or worrying us to no for no reason uh, to God. Right? It starts yeah, with yeah. God. It ends with God. God, our Father. Um, and it ends with yours is the kingdom, the power, glory forever. Amen. And super important as we think about our prayer lives, because I think our prayer lives can be reduced down to just asking God, only petitions. That's God, right. do this for me. Please help this not to happen. But but we need to do that in the context of who we're talking to in the first place. Yes, correct. Um, so, you know, this is the last sermon in the series, and we're going to make some some comments and talk about some of the overall things that this prayer can do. Um, how does the Lord's Prayer overall encourage dependency, and how does this last part reinforce that idea? So as I pray through the Lord's Prayer, I have said these same phrases over and over again for years, and uh, to stop and look at them and to examine what they mean, as we've done through this sermon series, is to realize how incredibly challenging a lot of this is. Mm. Um, You know, give us this day our daily bread. It is not as challenging in our world today, because I know that I have a loaf of bread in my cabinet, and I've got cereal, and I've got meat and cheese, and right, right, there is a a lack of dependence, um, Mm-hmm. because it's all there for me to, to take. And I think as we sit down and think through, what does it mean to pray, give us this day our daily bread? Um, it means to rely, help help us see, and to request that God provide us what we need today. Right. The same with lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It doesn't seem like that should be really hard for us day to day, because evil is a far off thing, right? As we talked about when we went through that one. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, I I can get over temptation if I just avoid this stuff. It seems very uh, accessible for us to solve these things. Mm. But to sit and look at what we're actually saying and praying to God creates for us uh, this insurmountable life that only God can uh, give us. He's the only one that can can give us this day our daily bread. He is the only one who can mm. forgive us our debts. He is the only one who can enable us to forgive others, right? And and the ending of the Lord's Prayer, this doxology, uh, shows us, uh, roots us in the reality that God's power, God's kingdom, God's glory is the way that all the other stuff gets done. Not mm-hmm. my ability, not the nice little life that I've set up, not my uh, hope to grow into this person, but God himself, in his power, in his glory, in his kingdom, makes these things happen, and I have to depend on him and rely on him, and that is a main part of this prayer. I'm just thinking about your past experience as a missionary in Kenya. Um, I got to think that when your people in Kenya pray this prayer, it feels a little bit different than when we pray this prayer. I, I mean, I, for dependency, right? Sure. Yeah, I think dependence yeah. uh, is a is a much uh, larger reality, probably for most of the folks that I know. There, I think independence is still a drive because mm-hmm. it's a a sinful 
commonality that we all experience, right? This is this is all the way back to the garden where Adam and Eve desired to not have to depend on God, but to become gods like God themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for most people, whether you're you know in in incredible poverty or incredible wealth, the mm-hmm. desire to be independent and the repulsion at dependence uh, is probably mm-hmm. pretty common. Uh, yeah. I think the reality for life uh, for most of the folks I know in Kenya is that there there is an incredible dependence that is right. harder to escape than it is here in the States. Yeah. When you say, give us our daily bread, they probably really mean give us our daily yeah, bread. Yeah, for real. Yeah. So, well, let's unpack this idea of uh, a dependency a little bit further. Um, how does this doxology argue against our control? Yeah. So, one of the things that I... Was hoping to to draw out is the emphasis on yours in the in the actual mm. just the doxology last phrase right and and one of the translations I read that I really liked is uh, for the kingdom the power and the glory are yours mm. um, wrapping it all up and emphasizing that uh, this is not this is not my kingdom this is not my power and I'm not seeking my glory right there is a um, there is a sense of sovereignty that this last phrase is imparting uh, unknowingly, right? It's not like Jesus, in teaching the the disciples to pray this, is going, all right, I hope they understand. Mm. Uh, it just is a truth about God that comes out in the way that we interact with him, that he is the one who does these things, not me. And so it's almost a, uh, it's a part of doxology is a rightly ordered relationship, right? So mm-hmm. something that deserves glory does not give glory to something lesser, right? And so by giving God glory, we are rightly ordering ourselves beneath Him um, in right. terms of recognizing His glory. And right. so th- there is something very important and uh, right about ending this way, and 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 part of it is giving up this uh, illusion of control that we think we have over our lives. Hmm. So there's the there's the control aspect of it that certainly is addressed by this, but also you talked about how this doxology is an antidote to loneliness. Um, talk about that, and and how should people who are lonely lean into this? Yeah, and this is a harder. Um, Right, it's a harder reality to accept, I think, for most of us, because uh, many, many of us, myself included, don't don't like to admit that we're lonely. Right, um, we don't mind the control thing. Uh, we want to be able to guarantee outcomes and uh, create an environment that we're happy with. The the flip side of that coin is if everything is on your own shoulders, if you are in control of everything and responsible for the outcomes of your life, um, mm-hmm. you will isolate yourself if you're not already isolated. And the problem with that is we are created for community, right? We are created in the image of an eternal community. And so mm-hmm. um, one of the things that we see in praying this prayer is that there is a connection between God in his glory, in his power, and his kingdom, and us. Because he is in control, because he is at work, because his kingdom is growing and advancing, and all things are being brought into uh, you know, renewal through him, we are connected to him in that. He, he has not abandoned us to our own devices. Um, and so part of 
part of how I think we should apply this, um, and, and particularly in a, in, a, in a state of loneliness, leaning into it, uh, is uh, asking, tur- turning this into a, a little bit of a, of a question, right? So praying the Lord's mm-hmm. Prayer, for thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever, amen, and then twisting it just one one phrase and saying, help me to see your glory and your kingdom and your power in my life, um, yeah. right? Because it's not like uh, God's not going to be powerful unless I say this. God is powerful. God is at work. God's kingdom is advancing. The key is not, is he doing it? The key is, can I see him doing it? And so mm. asking God to help us see, particularly when we're lonely, uh, where he is and our connection to him. Um, I, I that is a, a request that I firmly believe God longs to hear from us and is mm-hmm. more than happy to answer. Yeah, uh, I think you mentioned in your sermon that in, in in regards to this too that God is for us, and we talk about this. But but what is the significance that God is for us? Uh, from a story perspective, we know many powerful, um, glorious kings who have taken their power, glory, and their kingdom and used it against other people. <laughs> and that's not yeah. a great place to be on the opposing side of a king who who behaves that way. Uh, right. And uh, we do see throughout Scripture that God is uh, opposing the proud. God opposes uh, those who build themselves up. God hates sin. God will destroy uh, the devil, all of his works, and those who follow him, right? There, there is a power that we see mm-hmm. God displaying as king, um, but for his children, that power is used in a gentle way, right? I, I think I used it, an illustration of uh, a father who cares uh, cares for his son in, in multiple ways, right? A, a father might prevent his child from running through a plate glass window, but a father is also caring and picking his child up who has just run through a plate glass window, right? right? right. And, and the fact that in both of those cases, God is for us. It's not as though he's a bad dad because he wasn't, you know, doing the things we wanted him to do. He is just for us right. in a different way. And so, again giving God the glory and recognizing his control is also recognizing his wisdom and his fatherly care for us uh, without the stipulation of him having to show it in the way we expect him to, right? So acknowledging God is for me, God loves me because of Jesus's death and resurrection. He is my father and will love me as a father loves his child perfectly. Hmm. So one of the themes throughout this the, the Lord's Prayer, or we're calling it the, the Disciples' Prayer, is God's kingdom. So what do we mean, like, what is, well, first of all, what is the nature of God's kingdom? And then what do we mean when we say it's now and forever? The nature of God's kingdom. I am, I am looking at all of the books in my library. Um, and Do you have a book called The Nature of God's Kingdom? No, I was going to say, oh. the. I'm going to steal a phrase from the Gospel of John. Uh, all right. Were all the words to describe God's kingdom written down, I do not think mm. even the library of the pastor would be able to hold all the books. Yeah, right, um, right, exactly. That's a, that's a, that's a tricky, <clears throat> tricky thing. Um, and in mm. particular... Uh, one of the things we see is that Jesus reveals God's kingdom to his people. Um, mm-hmm. And in the gospel accounts in particular, 
one of the things that we see Jesus doing in revealing the kingdom is by showing us how uh, different it is than the kingdom mm. of the world. And mm. so perhaps a better way to describe it is not what is the nature of God's kingdom, but what is not the nature of God's kingdom. Um, and, right. and we see, in particular, Jesus uh, loving and caring for those who are on the outside, the sick, the mm. downtrodden, the widow, uh, those whose reputations are not exactly sterling, um, that's part That's part of the reversal in God's kingdom, right? Those who are uh, weak are exalted and become strong, right? And, and mm. We see Jesus healing people, uh, those who are blind, those who are, are crippled, those who have diseases, who are demon-possessed, as a way to reveal God's kingdom, which is sin has twisted things in creation so much God's kingdom untwists it, right? And I think uh, a great example of this comes uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, which is the Beatitudes, and Jesus Mm. explains what it looks like to be a part of God's kingdom. Uh, Mm -hmm. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, right? And and all of the Beatitudes show, uh, in many ways, characteristics that do not fit the mold of, of the kingdom of the world. And so... Uh, what we see Jesus doing is not only revealing the kingdom of God, but advancing the kingdom of God. And so I, I think that's a good word to describe the nature of God's kingdom, which is advancing. Uh, and it gets at the other part of your question, what do we mean when we say it's now and forever? Um, the, the, the kingdom of God is advancing now, and it will be completed upon... Jesus's return, right? And mm-hmm. some scholars talk about this as being the the now and not yet aspect of God's kingdom. It is present. Mm-hmm. Like the Holy Spirit is at work redeeming and renewing both people mm-hmm. and creation, uh, and it will continue to work uh, until Jesus returns. And when he does, he will consummate, bring to completion the kingdom mm-hmm. uh, of God on earth so that sin... The, the kingdom of the world, sin's twisting of creation, will be completely undone. Uh, that is why there will be death and crying and weeping no more, uh, no more tears, because in the kingdom of God, everything operates the way God intends it to, which is the perfect mm. way that should it should operate. Right. And that's an amazing thing for us to, to pray for and to look forward to, for sure. Yep. Um, so this is the last sermon in our series in the Lord's Prayer. What are some of the key takeaways you hope people come away with from this series? I think for me, when I uh, first suggested this to Bob uh, to be a topic that we preach through, uh, particularly at the beginning of the year, um, I think that for many Christians and many church visitors as well, praying the Lord's Prayer becomes uh, very uh, routine. Uh, we just say the mm-hmm. words, right? You've even probably noticed as you're listening to the podcast that uh, when I am saying the doxology, the last part, I just kind of crank it out real quick because it's ingrained in us, right? I right. know my children right. uh, learned and memorized it er- early on just because we say it every single week. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I am confident that that's not the way that Jesus wanted us to pray this. Every week, mm. yes, Absolutely. Uh, I don't know that Jesus wanted us to pray it every week. I don't mean I, that's not what I meant. Uh, continually, <laughs> I got you, right? Brother. Like, yeah, exactly. He says, "When you pray, pray this way." He wants right. us to pray this over and over again, uh, mm-hmm. but to to understand what we're asking and what we're saying. And so, right. part of me uh, hopes that we've heard this and, and series and we've engaged with it. I know for me personally, 
it's brought me to a deeper understanding of what exactly the context of these words uh, couched in Scripture actually means. Yeah, um, me too. And, and yeah. I hope that there is an interest uh, building for other things that we do simply out of routine. Uh, let's take a look mm-hmm. at those. Let's see what those mean and where they come from, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, additionally, I hope that we recognize that dependence is not a bad thing. Um, that right. dependence is actually the way that we are, were created and is a posture that we're invited back into by God, right? Mm-hmm. To to enter back into a state where we recognize, even on a day where we you know, go to work, come home, things are good, we have a good meal, we go to sleep, whatever, even when we don't think about God at all, He is the mm-hmm. one who has orchestrated everything to happen to make the day good. He is the one who has prevented absolutely terrible things from happening to us. And on days where terrible things happen, God has not abandoned us. But he is still at work. He is still caring. He is still um, keenly aware of you and your heart and your life. And he is working to bring you into his kingdom fully. Uh, This short prayer communicates all of that. And so that's uh, just a few of the things that I hope we are all walking away from this series with. Yeah, well, it's been a great series, and and I personally have benefited from it. I... You know, I, I printed out the Lord's Prayer, give it to my kids, and was encouraging them to do it too. But it's been, uh, I think it's been a great series. And thank you for suggesting that we do it. Yeah. You know, every now and then I have yeah. a, a good suggestion. So. <laughs> good idea. Yeah. yeah. All right, Stephen. Thanks for your time for uh, today also. I yep. appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. The title of Stephen's sermon is Thine. It's the last sermon in our series on the Lord's Prayer. You can find that sermon and all our sermons and this podcast on iTunes and Spotify and on our website at gracesouthbay.com. We hope that these conversations are helping you develop a closer relationship with Jesus. If you have questions about the Christian faith or just need someone to talk to, we've got pastors, elders, youth leaders, and a women's care team ready to help. We're just an email or a phone call away. If you have a prayer request, you can also go directly to our website at gracesouthbay.com and submit your requests using the prayer button at the top of the page. And if you're new to Grace South Bay, we would encourage you to fill out the Connect card and one of our pastors will reach out to you. And of course, we'd love to have you join us for Sunday morning worship. We meet at 9 a.m. at Crossroads Bible Church in San Jose. We'll be back next week with another episode of the GSB Podcast, so stay tuned, stay connected, and be encouraged knowing that nothing can separate you from God's love. We look forward to our next time together. Now go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks for listening.